Go to, go to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. And I want to talk tonight about keys to answered prayer. And, and what I want to do is I, I want to talk about prayer again. And I want, I want to start teaching you how to get your prayers answered. Now, now you, you might go, yeah, we, we pray a lot. Well, a lot of people pray. I say this not despairingly. Muslims pray, but they don't get prayers answered. There are a lot of people, and listen to when I say this, I'm going to talk to you about people who don't get their prayers answered, and if that's you, do not sit here in condemnation. What I'm trying to do is show you where you're missing it so you make the adjustment because God wants you to get your prayers answered. He wants you to come to Him and Him answer your prayers. Now, if you're a Christian and you have a Bible and you're walking with God and you can't get your prayers answered, honey, that's like having a car and can't get gas. That's Prayer answered is the thing that makes your walk with God your walk with God. So if, that, if, if, if it's hit or miss, well, you never know what God will do. That's not true. God is not the one deciding whether you get your prayers answered. You are the one deciding whether you get your prayers answered. He's already proven he wants you to get them answered. Now listen to this. We'll get into this in a minute. This almost blows your mind that God loves you and I as much as he does Jesus. You can't imagine Jesus going, I've been praying about that for a month, God, where are you? You, you, don't, you know, your brain don't even go there. But yet it goes there with us. It's almost normal for us to think he's ignoring you. But he's not. What happens is you're not praying correctly. Now, when I first got a debit card, and I don't want y'all, y'all. I don't want y'all to think less of me because I tell you how dumb I was. But when I was younger, machines intimidated me. And I walked up to a, a Sun Bank and I had a card and four numbers and if I put it in, I could get money. I kept standing there watching one person after another because I believed it was going to suck my card and spit it and I was not going to get anything. I was so intimidated by the fact that I really didn't know what I was doing. Now, the bank was not withholding, but I was so ignorant of put a card in, what is your PIN number, do, 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 what, you know, withdraw. And now we take those things for granted, but I can remember when it intimidated me. There are people who are intimidated by prayer, and I'm going to tell you how you know who they are, and it may be you. Pray for me. What are you saying? There are times when I go get people to agree with me because I'm dealing with a 220 outlet and not a 110. I, I got an issue here, and I'm going to go, Barbara, talk to the ladies. Like when I was in the hospital, I called Lisa and said, Lisa, get a hold of the prayer team, get a hold of Mary Fran. You know, they're fixing to cut me open, and I don't know what they're going to find. You know, and, and first of all, when you're drugged up, you don't pray real well. Anyway, um, you know, you're like, okay, um, so there are times to ask people for prayer, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there is something wrong when you think he doesn't care about you. And then you have to start working on that end of it. Now, understand this. If you've ever lived a life of sin, and who hasn't, the devil will beat you with the fact that you're not worthy. Himself bore your sins. He paid it. It's what Jesus did. It's not because you're so great. And, and you have to focus on that. So we're going to talk tonight about keys to getting your prayers answered. I got three keys, and I think you're going to enjoy this. Number one key is, is go to Matthew. Just go to Matthew. I'm going to read it first. Number one key is humility. Think about that for a minute. You, you thought I was going to say something real deep and spiritual, and I did. 
the number one key to getting your prayers answered is humility. Now, I have a saying we have around our house, there is a God and I'm not him. You, you need to understand that you, when you die, you don't have game plan two. Does anybody have an asbestos suit and a jug of water I can put in the coffin? In other words, he kind of like needs to answer that prayer. You don't have. So he kind of like needs to answer them all. Because every prayer literally is a miracle. And you need to think about that. Yeah, you're not asking God for possible. Because if it was possible, you would just do it. But you and I are asking him for stuff that we go, <laughs> that'll be a miracle. Yeah. And, and that's, wh- that's why we, when we get a prayer answered, we're like, yeah, oh, that was God. You know, and many of y'all know that I'm leaving in a week and going to Hawaii. <laughs> do y'all not know what a miracle looks like? When someone calls you and says, we have a house and a car and take you scuba diving and then we're going to take you and throw you out of a helicopter in the ocean and we're going to put you on one of them jet skis underwater and where you can scoot around and all that. And I'm going, this is God. Because Lisa's looking at me going, honey, I want to go to Hawaii. And I'm going, I'll give you $20, start a savings account. You know, um, And then all of a sudden that happens, and you know good and well, she says, well, I'm going to go pray about it. Well, she came, three hours later, the phone rings. Somebody went in there and got a hold of God, and God made me a phone call and said, take your wife, I got this. And I went, I said, what about Alaska? (laughs) Never mind. So the the first step is humility. Matthew 8 and, and I want to start off with verse 5. It says, When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came and pled with him, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. That's bad. Right. And Jesus said, well, I'm going to come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof, but you only need to speak a word, and my servant will be healed. I also am a man under authority. Now, this is a military guy. And he's going to make a statement here. I understand, Jesus, you are a man under authority. And the way that I know you're under authority is because you have authority. You cannot stand up and tell 800 men to stop and go do something unless someone bigger than you is backing you up. Now, to you and I, we need to understand the way the military works is the fact that if no one's backing you, you don't run around telling devils and sickness what to do. You have to be under authority before you can be in authority. Boy, I'm doing good now. And, and I'm going to, well, let, let, let me finish reading this because I got a Mac Daddy I got to say to you, and I want you to grab it. I also, me also, am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say, you go to another, you come, and to my servant, you do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said those, I I hadn't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. He called understanding authority faith. Oh, that's powerful, guys. That's powerful. Now, now we're going to read First John in a minute. We're going to read First Peter. We're going to read James. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you. We, you need to understand that you need to know you you need to be under God if you ever expect to get any kind of a prayer answer. When I say that, I'm not saying you have a relationship with God, but we're talking about fellowship with God. Your own assignment. There, there's too many people, and, and this is what I said to you Sunday morning, when we line people up, and, and the Lord said, 
I want you to start praying for sick again in this church. Talking about me. I hadn't done it in a while. But I said to you, you understand, you're not going to get up here and fall down. You're going to come up and you're going to receive from God. It's, you know, you're not waiting on my faith. You're going to get your own. I can't carry you on my faith all your life. At some point, you've got to start doing what God told you to do so that you can expect. Listen, you can't trust anyone you don't know. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there because this, this, this pause is. You're like, pray for me. You don't know him. Or you would know he loves you. You would know he cares. You would know that. Why don't you know that? Why don't you know that? Because you're not doing what you need to do to know that. Being under God and being in your Bible are synonymous. You don't know God without knowing what he said. You have to do that. You can, people can carry you a while, but after a while, it don't work anymore, and then you're running around the country trying to find somebody with enough faith to override the fact that you're not even doing what he told you to do. All right, now let me, let me make a point here so you'll understand I've actually had men in wheelchairs in a popka with a sign, I'll work for food. And I'm talking about old Vietnam vets. When I see that, I stop. And I'll hand them a 20. I'll hand them 40, 50 bucks. That man is in a condition, and, and, and he's not, there. he can't fix this. And, and sometimes I'll be led by the Lord to stop and hand somebody something. That's not the best way to make a living. Now, some people are making a decent living at it, but I'm not sure living in a pup tent right now, as hot as it is, is all that. God is requiring more out of you than you think he is. And so when he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, or you draw near to me, there, there, is a, there is something you need to be doing, and the average Christian in America doesn't know how to pray. They don't have enough faith in God. Well, how do you learn? Do it. Do you say, well, what if I don't do so good? Good. That's how we all learn. I'm, now, I'm going to tell you about me. When I went to Bible school, I didn't learn to pray in Bible school. I learned how to pray going through a divorce. Okay, I'm going to come over here. Until I needed God, I mean, I, you, you've got, I, I'm in there praying not because I'm spiritual. You got to answer my prayers. And I'm not reading my Bible because I'm spiritual. I'm reading it because I have nowhere else to go. Okay, do you all understand that? So a lot, a lot of times, that's why denominational people say, God caused that to teach you. No he, no, he didn't cause it. You did. But he helped you in your mess. Thank you. Okay, so we have this man here that says, listen, I'm a man in authority. We understand Jesus... This blows people's mind. Jesus operated in the earth as a human, totally man. Everything he did was anointed by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost said this, the Holy Ghost said that. You have exactly the same righteousness and exactly the same Holy Ghost Jesus did. You have everything he had. You're going to have to be the one that goes, I'm going to start using what you're giving me. That's called submission. Okay, all right, now, now go with me now. Go with me now to James chapter 4. Say, if I'm doing good, say amen. amen. All right, good. Now, I learned to pray, and, and I think, I think uh, Debbie will say this, and, and Barbara will say this, and Betty May will say this, and who else? I think Karen comes to the Monday night prayer meeting. You, you, don't, you don't learn prayer tonight. You learn the mechanics. You learn prayer on your knees. You learn doing it. 
and you say, what if you don't get a prayer answered? Well, you learn another way it don't work. Start praying about why it don't work. And he'll show you. That's how you learn. That's how you learn God, spending time with God. Now, let, let me prove something to you. If you ask me, if you say, I have a question for Lisa, ask me. I can tell you exactly what she'll tell you. Why do you think that is? <laughs> Hanging out with her a little bit. And there's a lot of things that if you pray about it, I can tell you what the Lord will say. But see, you have to walk around with a person in order to find out what they're like. They don't change their personality every week and change so you don't know what he's... After a while, you can pretty much go, I know exactly what he'll do and say. And he won't change that. He says, I'm the guy I change not. So it, it isn't that we're, we're more holy. It's just that after you do something a while, you're like, I, I, I know exactly what God will do right now in this situation. That is very helpful. Okay. So in, in the book of James, James 4, 6, he gives more what? Grace. You say, I'm saved by grace. You are. You want more? Yeah, grace is the unmerited, people say it's unmerited favor. It, it really is God using his ability to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. It is an ability from God to get a job done to use not possible. Like split a Red Sea or knock a wall down or stop a storm or whatever. Do you understand? So he, give, he can give you more grace. And, and you need, you need grace. So what's the key to more grace? Humility is. Okay, let's, let's read. He gives more grace. Therefore, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Now, I'm not going to make you go there, but I'm going to remind you of something. Remember in Isaiah, it says that about the devil? Satan said, I will. I will. I will. As long as you have the I will, don't expect a whole lot of help. Because you think, I got this. He's going, okay. You got it. How many of y'all got kids that when they were young, you said, let me tie your shoes. I got this. And you're like, okay. Don't take an hour, but tie it. And they're like, why do they always stick their tongue out? You know? <laughs> and after they do a real nice knot, you go, now, when you get to bed tonight, get the knot out. <laughs> you know, but kids are that way, and you want them, you want them to grow. But, there are, but as long as you are going to rely on you, God will let you rely on you. And that is a failure looking for a place to happen. You know, Satan says, I will. He's not doing real well. Then there's another scripture in Isaiah that says, the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. Until a Christian says, whatever you say, God, is what I'll do. He's, he's backing up his word. He's not backing up yours. So here's a prayer you don't want to pray. God, this is what I'm doing. Help me. And, and, and he goes, no, you're on your own. And then you come back to me and go, that faith stuff don't work. And I go, it's working. It's just that God is ignoring you. I'm going to come over here. I don't, want to make, I don't want Frank to feel like I'm preaching at him, so I'll come over here. But how many of you have ever prayed about something and nothing happened? You know, there was a time that God got me a job working laying block. I didn't like it. I didn't like that job. It was kind of like you. And so I prayed for another one. I didn't get it. 
And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I confessed, and I stood. Nothing. Finally, I went to God, and I went, what's wrong with I hate this job. And he said to me, well, in the days ahead, you're going to understand that the job you have is making you more money than any other job, and you're going to need it. And, and then about a year later, my marriage fell apart, and I went, I'm glad you didn't answer that prayer. Praise the name of Jesus. So sometimes you don't see why, but you know, don't, don't be so headstrong and think that somehow or another God abandoned you. He might have abandoned your idea and said, no, we're not doing that. Now, now understand something. I'm not talking about the prayer of faith where it's whatever you desire when you pray, you believe, you receive, and it's something that Jesus already gave you in redemption. We're not talking about that one. We're talking about who you should marry or what job you should work. There's a lot, there's, there's, there, you know, don't, don't date a guy and try to turn him into the person you want him to be. If he's a redneck, he'll be a redneck forever. Boy, that's good. Yeah, there's a cowboy movie on TV, Angel and the Bad Man. And this, he, he starts dating a Quaker. And she does everything in his world to take his guns away. And, and, and Lisa hates it because I'm going, No! You, you can't imagine watching TV around my house because Lisa and I have small arguments over movies. But, but, but anyway, so often we're praying about stuff. Um, someone asked me the other day, said, how long did you live in Tulsa? I said, three years. Bible school, two, one year praying I don't want to go where I want to go. I want to go where he wants me to go. And I want to do what he wants me to do. And that, that means you are going to spend some time alone seeking God. And, and can I say this? Don't throw nothing at me. Don't be lazy. Just lazy. How about, is it effort? Margaret, is there a certain amount of effort in praying? Yeah. I don't always come in and go, yay, we're praying. Sometimes I come in and go, oh. But once you get in prayer and you get in the spirit, you're like, oh, I love it. And then when the answer comes, you're like, woo, that was awesome. But you know, my flesh is just like yours. I don't always want to come preach. You say, I don't, want, I don't always want to come to church either. I asked Lisa one time, I said, I don't like, I don't want to go to church. She said, you have to go to church. I said, name one reason. She said, you're the pastor. <laughs> I said, well, that's not too good. No, I've actually had my days. Okay, let me finish reading this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You draw near to God. He then will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's talking to Christians. Purify your hearts, double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. He's not talking about you crying and whining. He's just talking about if there's something in you you need to deal with, deal with it. And humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So people come to me all the time. Let me, let me just, and they say, Pastor, I need prayer about this, this, and this. And here's my answer. Okay, go pray. And they're like, oh, I'm tithing. I'm going, you ain't paying me enough to do your prayer. Now, listen, up it to about a million, and we'll, I'll do some praying for you, about 10 minutes. Boy, that went over real big. I didn't think you'd. In all reality, why do you want someone to do all your praying for you? You don't let me eat your pie for you. I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you go on vacation for me. Would you like to go to Hawaii for me? I'm just really bummed. <laughs> Not. Okay. So, so God is really looking for you to develop a relationship with him. He wants that. Now, I'm going to tell a story. I always have stories. When I lived in Athens, Georgia, 
I had heard about prayer. I read some books on Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whatever I desire, when I pray, believe I receive it and I shall have it. And I went to God and I went, I need $1,000 in the name of Jesus. And, and he ignored me. And I pushed it. Heavenly Father, you said in the Word of God, whatever I desire when I pray, believe it, receive it, and I shall have it. I claim $1,000 in the name of Jesus. About three days into that, he stopped me and said, um, can we talk about your request? I said, yes, sir. He said, um, I'm your father. I'm not your banker. He said, can I meet your needs without $1,000? I would like to build a relationship with you. I went, okay, now here's what I was doing. Now, Kenny is probably the only one in here that will understand what I'm saying, him and Robert. Well, this Robert over here went to. I had a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck with three on the tree, but always kept jumping. Y'all you know, you put it in second. If you go down the road, boom, it'll jump out. So you had to ride down the road with your hand on the stick to get it to go anywhere. And then the rear end ground and the drive shaft ground and the tires were bald and the back bed, if you threw anything in it, it was on the ground because there was no bed. So y'all got an idea what this truck looked like. It was a mess. And I went, I, 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 you know, back then you could actually fix up a truck like that for $1,000. Now don't even, don't even think about that right now. So he said, make a list of everything you want and pray over each individually. What is he doing? He's trying to get me to understand that he's my daddy. Well, you, nothing builds your faith like getting a transmission from God that you prayed about and someone gives it to you. Now, now, so I make a list. I need a, I need a new transmission. I need a new drive shaft. I need a new rear end. I need tires. I need, you know, and I'm going down the list of all these things I need on this truck and I need, I need a new bed. So I'm driving down the road through Athens, Georgia, and the Lord says, pull in this business. That man has tires that will fit your truck and he needs a trailer. And I had a homemade behind my truck trailer. Now I have a truck now. I don't need a trailer. So I went pulled in and, and I walked up to the counter and I said, um, you know, you got to really watch how you talk to people about God said. You know, you, they already think you're crazy anyway. So you just, I walked in and I said, I heard that I have a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck. I heard through a friend that you have tires that will fit my truck. And he goes, who's your friend? I said, you probably don't know him. <laughs> and, and he said, well, you're absolutely right. I, I do have some. You know, and, and the, 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 Kenny, the two, there was two about that tall and that wide. And they were Terry tires. I had to put three-quarter ton springs under it and jack the rear end of that truck up in the air to get it to fit. I mean, it, it was bad. That means good. Okay, so, so he says, well, I have these tires. He's, I, he's, I said, well, what do you want for them? And, and he said, well, I would like to have. I said, I, I just have something on the inside says do you need a trailer? He goes, yes. How did you know? I said, inside information? I said, I'll trade you my trailer for the tires. He goes, it's a deal. Bring it by tomorrow. I brought him my trailer. He gave me his tires. Down the road I go. I get to a friend of mine's house, and I said, I'm looking for a transmission. Mine's three on the tree, jumps out, and he goes, I got an old GMC school bus transmission that would fit in there. He said, man, for, you know what first gear would do in that truck with a G Kenny, I had to take a torch and bend the handle. I'm like, 
you put it in first gear and it almost stand up under all the torque. And he said, and he said, I want that toolbox on the back of your truck and I'll trade you. I said, take it off. Throw the transmission in my truck. Listen, y- y'all have no idea what it feels like to watch God just like, okay, baby, what's next? And so I need a bed. And so, so at work one day, the bolt, the bolt man came by and he said, do you don't have any bolts, do you? I said, do you have castle bolts? No, nobody knows what that is. That's the bolts where there's just a little flat, shiny little head. And I, I said, yeah, I need this many bolts. He said, well, I'll bring you some to give them. And I went, that's God. And I went by the lumber yard and he said, I got a whole bunch of oak that's like 10 feet long, but the end of it is all torn up. I don't need it. You can have it. Oh, yeah. I took it home, cut that oak down to six feet, drilled holes in it, put those bolts in there, and took transmission fluid. And, and anyway, that's how I coated the bed. And, and I mean, my truck is like bad. <laughs> and and, and th- when it was all done, he totally rebuilt my truck for no money. Amen. Now, there's one more to the story. I got to tell you this. There was one more thing I, I had on the list. It wasn't a truck. I needed two pair of Levi's. Now, if you pray for jeans, you need to tell them exactly what color and what size. Don't just say jeans. God don't know what you want. I wanted Levi's, and I wanted a black pair, and I wanted a blue pair. Now, now y'all may think, well, no, yeah, oh, absolutely. So I get a, the next day, I get a knock on the door, and this lady goes, now, you're going to think I'm crazy. I said, well, you wouldn't be the first person I to say that. She said, someone gave my husband a pair, two pair of jeans. They don't fit him. He's so skinny. Now, I was skinny. I think I was 30, but he was like 28. And she said, you don't need two pair of jeans. 30, 30s. I went, what color? She goes, blue and black. And I went, that's God. And I'm like, I like it. And within like two to three weeks, everything I needed to fix my truck. Oh, anyway. So what is this? What am I telling you this for? Because God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to go, I'd like a healing and let's see, Holy Spirit and uh, $100 and what else would I like today in Jesus' name? No. Get in there and spend some time with your father and ask him, tell him what you want and how would you like to get this to me? Now I'm going to tell you this. It's a lot better to go to Hawaii and stay in someone else's home than to get the money to stay in a hotel. And then have them take you scuba diving. Rather than, the, the, vacations are a total pain when you're dealing with the public. Okay. But when you have a kitchen. Okay, never mind. Y'all... <laughs> I am excited. Does it sound like I'm excited? I'm excited. And if, if, I, if I text you and go, I'm thinking of you, it's not me. It's a lie. I am not thinking about you at all. You will not enter my mind. <laughs> the reason I said that is that years ago, Lisa and I watched Matt Cammon, and he was in the woods one morning, and he was elk hunting, and he had his phone, he said, I'm thinking of you, and I said, that's a lie. <laughs> Not he's thinking about elk right now. Anyway, never mind, never mind. Too much. So go go with me to First Peter chapter five, real quick. Five. And and let's start with verse five. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Humility means to go low. It means to go low. Pride means to 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 go high, you have to trust God to take a knee. God, you got this. One of the greatest things you'll ever learn in your life is I cast 
the care of this on you. I mean, you have no idea how stressful life can, well, you do. But knowing that you know that you know someone's got your back, like I can't fix this, I don't know what to do, and so I'm going to take a knee, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to refuse to worry about it. And we'll get into part of, the, part of the thing we're going to get into in a minute is one of the most important keys to prayer is worship. If all you're doing is praying, you're not there yet. But I'm, that's, I'm, 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 I'm ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, go to 1 John. Now, go to 1 John. I need to say I'm doing good. Yeah, I am. I'm doing real good. <laughs> Someone says, well, you shouldn't brag on yourself. Well, sometimes the only person that brags on me is me. That was really deep, y'all. You know? <laughs> Are you stuck on yourself? Have been for 69 years. It's kind of hard to get away from this me. I'm always here. I'm so deep. Take a theologian to figure me out. Okay, 1 John chapter 1. Let's talk about this. This is totally, 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 totally dealing with the subject of fellowship. This is not dealing with relationship. This is fellowship with God, and they're not the same. You can be in relationship and not be in fellowship. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not married, you'll learn. Amen. First John 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and our eyes have seen, which we have looked and our hands have handled concerning the Word of Life Church. I've got to put in a plug. And life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you eternal life, which with the Father and manifest to us. That which you have seen and heard and declare to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we are writing to you, so your joy will be full. There is one of the biggest problems with answered prayer is fellowship. Low-grade fellowship low-grade faith. Now, let's go back to what I said to you earlier. Don't be mad at me. Pastor, pray for me. <laughs> Why don't you go spend some time with your father? Now, don't ask me for my underwear. I ain't giving it to you that either. You say, well, that's pretty gross. You wouldn't walk up and go, um, do you mind if I borrow your underwear for a little while? I don't have any of my own. Why would I, you want me to do all your praying for you? Never mind, never mind. Now, if you invite me over and say, eat my steak, I might take you up on that. The Condens had us over the other night, had steak. Oh, yeah, y'all need to go to the Condens. I'm just putting in the plug. Mrs. Condon cooks, Mr. Condon cooks a mean steak. Anyway, and anyway, people in this church are really learning. The visitors have learned. Pastor Morgan, have a steak. You coming? Yes, sir. What day? No, Lisa's going to get mad at me because some of y'all are going to invite us, and I'm going to say no, okay? Can't go to everybody's house. Just can't do it. All right. Verse 5, and this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So if you're running around in the dark and disobeying God, don't run around and say you're in fellowship because you're not. If you say you have fellowship with God and you're walking around in darkness, you're not practicing truth. Actually, you're lying. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with each other in the church, people in the church. That is where your problem is going to be with people. You love God, but you're going to have to love people too because God loves his kids and he wants you to love your, his kids and his family. And the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. If you say, I don't have any sin, and yet you're in, you're in darkness, you're lying. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, what does he mean by that? He means the fact that, see, someone said, yeah, but you can't lose your salvation. Well, we can argue about that one another day, but it's not quite as easy as you think it is. But you can break fellowship pretty quick. Now, under the new covenant, someone said, we're not under the law. Which one? Moses? No. Jesus? Yes. What is it? 
the law of the kingdom. Love God with all your heart and your neighbor, how much? As yourself. And let me tell you something. You run cross grain with people, you're out of fellowship with God. Jesus said, if you have ought against any, that ought means anything with anybody, he's not going to talk to you. Now, that, that makes it difficult because I don't want to like you. Do you have people you're like, I don't want to love you. I don't even want to be around you. But I do want my prayers answered. You know that scripture I preached Sunday, do, bless your enemies? Mm. I don't like that scripture. That's what scripture I think we should take out of the Bible. There was a, a man that came to our Bible study one day, and he was a Baptist. And during the Bible study, he decided to tell us that the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence speaking in tongues was the devil, and it's not for today. Well, I informed him that he was full of mud. And when I got finished informing him, I proudly went home and prayed for the Baptist. I did. This is a true story. And I got home, and I said, God, the Baptist tore up our Bible study. And he said, are you referring to my son? I went, no. I was talking about the Baptist. This is a true story. He said, no, you're, you're referring to my son. I went, no, you said they that believe speak in tongues. He doesn't speak in tongues. He's not even saved. He said, I said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord is saved. I said, that is my son. And I went, ah. And he didn't tear up your Bible study. You did. Oh, I'm going to come back over here. Y'all don't understand that all these years God has been giving me sermon material for you. So I had had a board. See, the way I learn scriptures is I take a wood-burning tool, and I take a piece of pine, and I take a pencil, and I draw out lines, and then I pencil in the scripture. I take a wood-burning tool, and I burn it in the wood. If you burn scriptures in a wood, when you're finished, you'll know it. You're going to say it a hundred times, you know. And so I had just wood burned a beautiful piece of, of wood with a scripture in the book of Ephesians. And the Lord said, give it to him. I went, absolutely not. I've been working all week on that. And then he, came, he quoted that scripture to me. Bless. I said, and, and then he reminded me that I had been praying about being used by God. <laughs> Y'all need to watch what you pray about because he's liable to take you. For... And he said, now I want you to go to his house and apologize. I went, no. Well, long story, I went. And I prayed all the way there for him not to be home. I'm, everything I'm telling you is true. Everything I'm telling you. God, I pray he's not home in the name of Jesus. He's not home. I bind the devil. He's not home. I knocked on the door and he opened it. I went, hi, brother. The Lord told me to come up here and apologize to you. He said, yeah, I've been waiting on you. And finally I stopped and I went, I'm sorry. I said, um, I made a scene, and uh, you did too. But um, we tore up the Bible study, and I said, um, the Lord informed me that you're a Christian. He said, well, I am. I went, yeah, I didn't know it. And so I, I gave him, I said, I have a gift for you. And he went, oh, thank you. That is a lot of work. And I went, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of work went into this. And he took it. And he came back to the Bible study. 
the lady laid hands on him, got him filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I went. Y'all understand I've been on an adventure. I think God's been on one. Before y'all had me, he did. He sent me here for y'all to train me. How are y'all doing? It's better say good. Okay, now think about this. Now I want to read something to you about this book on fellowship. And it's absolutely powerful. Because in my opinion, and my opinions were something, I, I think the issue, we're trying to turn prayer into a mechanic. Push a button, pull a lever, and, a, and an answer comes out. That's really not so. It's closer to marriage. Lisa and I talk a lot. We do a lot together. We do. And there's often she'll go, honey, would you take me jet skiing today? Or honey, would you like to go to dinner? And listen, there is fellowship around our relationship, and that's and we've we help each other out. That is the key to God. If the only time you show up in the throne room is, well, uh, Daryl, Private Daryl Morgan, reporting for duty, sir, I have three things I'd like to ask you to do today in Jesus' name. Hang on, I haven't seen you all week. Well, I've been pretty busy. Well, you come back when you got a little more time to spend with me. I'm doing better. Y'all said amen right there, and I just cut you wide open and pulled the knife out. All right. Fellowship is based on righteousness. Fellowship means sharing together. Marriage is a good illustration. It's partnership. It's getting under the burden as one. In equal exchange, both giving their best. Another word that suggests is communion. Communion is more than a cup of um, grape juice and a cracker. It's sharing the same cup, the same bowl, the same bed, the same burden. What's his is yours. What's yours is his. That's communion. That means two are pouring into the same cup. They become perfectly one in the blending, just like God says. The two shall become one. That's fellowship. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Our fellowship with the Father is based on your relationship. Fellowship between a husband and wife is based on relationship. Fellowship is the one thing that makes marriage beautiful. If not, you're just two people in the house. Two people. 200 people in a building called church without fellowship. Amen. The law that binds a man and woman together does not make fellowship, neither does being saved. An unlimited fellowship that brings happiness to your home is unlimited fellowship with the Father and one another that brings the richest, deepest joy into your life. Okay. The new birth and righteousness are to one end. That you enjoy the sweetest fellowship with your father and the son. Fellowship is the parent of faith. That's powerful. That's, you ought to write that down. When your fellowship is weak, your faith is weak. Now, I'm going to run out of time here in a minute. Sometimes, instead of praying all day, do what Paul did prayed and sang fellowship with God spend time with God get to know God that's powerful guys he gave us one of the greatest little secrets to get in your prayers Jesus is fellowship with God he was extremely in love with God what do you want to do how do you want to do what do you want to do let me tell you something I was reading the Jimmy Evans book and Jimmy Evans says, I know this is not scripturally correct, but the difference between heaven and hell is that when you die, God puts a fork on one hand and a spoon on the other and makes them about two feet long. And then he puts you in hell with food. And all the selfish people can't feed themselves. But all the people in heaven are going, can I help you? And I say, okay, would you like some of that? And would you like some of that? Yes, I would like some of that. Because the more you fellowship with one another, the more your needs get met. Yeah. 
But the more self-centered you are, the more miserable you are. Boy, if husband and wife ever figured that one out. The best thing you'll ever do for yourself is to love your spouse. The best thing you'll ever do for yourself is to love each other. Because the answer you're looking for is probably in here, in another person. You know, the wisdom that God gave me came through another man. The anointing came through another man. A lot of the wisdom came through people. A lot of the help I get in this church comes from other people. You can't do this without people. And a bunch of them. To the degree we fellowship, we have a good church. To the degree you fellowship, you have a good home. To the degree you fellowship, you have a good marriage. If you're not there, say, I think I'll start. Well, I'm waiting on my husband. Well, you already know he's not. So go to give and it shall be given. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. Why don't you so? I don't, I don't, a, a, a person came to me one time and said, I've been coming to this church and nobody ever calls me. I went, do you have a phone? Sure, I have a phone. I said, we'll call people. Said, I don't know their numbers. I said, I'll give them to you. Well, no one cares about me. You're right. Well, then why don't you care? Oh, blah, 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 blah. How long are you going to live like that? If you want to get to know your neighbor, take a brownies and go next door. I'll come over here and preach, Paul. I'm going to preach to you for a minute. The wife doesn't want just presents. She wants you. Lisa and I know a man, and Lisa, I won't tell her who it is. It was his anniversary, and they're in a store. And he goes and picks up an anniversary card, and he hands it to her. And she goes, oh, Bonnie, that's sweet. And he says, are you finished reading it? And she goes, yeah. And he says, okay, took him and put it back on the shelf. <laughs> and he's telling us, and Lisa and I went, that's wrong. You stingy tight wad, buy her the card. Never mind, I know y'all. I don't remember what she did. And did she get him steak? Tanya's like, that's exactly the way to handle that number. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more, one more, one more. Listen to this statement. This is so powerful. Every person who has lost power with God lost it through a loss of fellowship. People say, I'm not backslidden. No one said you were backslidden. But you're not where you were in your fellowship. You know, why do you think you crave fellowship? Let me me get deeper. Do you like being held? Do you like phone calls? Hi, how are you doing today? Let's go. I'm going to take you out and do something with you. Okay. Do you like that? Do you like God likes it. God made you like him. He has the same emotions you do. Now, here's one. Here's one. I'm going to tell you another story. When I was first saved, I probably was not real affectionate. And one day, I'm taking Che to the bus stop in Tulsa, and it's like 30 degrees outside. And I'm walking to the bus stop with Che, and she said, Daddy, hold me. And we have like a hundred yards. She wrapped her arms around me, held me tight, and she didn't see me weeping all the way to the bus stop. And it's the first time I ever remember my children hugging me. You grow up in a home where there's not a lot of affection. You don't know how to give affection. 
and I'd been saved for a couple years, but and I, when I got to the bus stop, my, my tears were frozen to my face. It moved me to have her wrap her arms around me and hold me. Well, I'm not news for you. I became kin. <laughs> now, some of y'all knew exactly what I said. Here's, let me give you an interpretation of that tongue. When they played Barbie, I became kin. Because I started enjoying all the hugs and kisses I got from my daughters. And if I wanted hugs and kisses, you have to be kin. And I started going in the bedroom and playing dolls with my daughters. Because I love the affection. Do you think God doesn't like for you to crawl up in his lap and go, I just wanted to come say hi. And I love you. Mark Hankins makes a statement. He says, was it Gavin? He said, I have one grandchild that I have a lot of toys in my house for all of my grandchildren. He's got a pool for them and toys and Legos. And they come over. They just tear the living room up. He said, but Gavin climbs up in my lap. And stands and looks me right in the face and takes my ears and pulls my face up to his. And he just kisses me. He said, Gavin's my favorite. (laughs) Gavin can get anything Poppy has. I'm trying to help you with your prayer life. Poppy. Okay. Say fellowship. And see, y'all are going to walk away in the night and go, that's actually pretty good. I enjoyed that. If faith has been imparted so that the prayer life is only a form, it is because your fellowship is broken. If your joy has seeped out, it's because the vessel that held it has become useless and your testimony has lost its grip. And mere empty words, your fellowship is broken. When, when life becomes a, God, I need a this and a lever, and tell me why it didn't work. I'm going to tell you why it didn't work. You're on a fellowship with God. A lot of Christians are like, I'm saved. I'm going to tell you I'm saved. A husband comes home and says, yep, I'm married to you. Hadn't seen you in a month, but yeah, we're married. Well, honey, would you take out the garbage? Nope. What's wrong with you, woman? Your leg ain't broke. I want something to eat. Your leg ain't broke either, buddy. Come on, come on, don't, don't, don't. Okay. I got 10 minutes. Go to 2 Chronicles. And let's stop with this last one. The last one is worship. Keys to answered prayer. This right here, now, now I got to tell you, if you've never heard of Norval Hayes, you need to. Norval Hayes is always talking about, you got to worship God, brothers and sisters. You got to worship. You got to get down on your knees and you have to worship. Worship's not one 30 minutes in a church on Sunday. He said some churches have us says worship and they never worship God. Worship is intimacy between you and God. That's what worship is. So the Bible talks about, and I read a while ago, and I gotta find where Second Chronicles is. It's in it's here somewhere. Second Chronicles 20. And and this is a powerful story, and I'm gonna read it real quick and then I'm gonna try to close. Um, Verse 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself. This is fixing to get real good. And stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It is you, O Judah. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow you go against them. The Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head and his face to the ground. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And they worshipped God. They're fixing to go to battle. And he said, don't worry. 
I got this. I got your back. And what are they doing? They're on their face going, you are God, you are God, we love you, Jesus, we love you, and worshiping God. One of the best times you'll ever have in your life is get to church on time. And we were busy. No, that's a lie. Get to church on time. Come in with your heart ready and worship God. Just make a little circle. Tell everybody, leave you alone. Just worship God. And we'll tell you something. More will happen in those few minutes that you're in the presence of God. Mark Hankin says, while you're worshiping here, God is doing something back at your house. Very important you get alone and worship God. Okay, okay, let me see that. And the Levites and children of, verse 19, um, and Levites and the children of Conites and the children of the Koronites and the, the Pezanites and the Termites and all the other ites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And then when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you'll prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and said, praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Now listen to this next one. Are you ready? When they began to sing and praise, the Lord said ambushments against their enemies. Barbara, come on, help me out. I ain't getting any help from that. Say Amen. Now listen to me, that's simple, but it takes heart. Proud people don't do this. You won't, you won't see proud people going, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I, love, I worship you, Jesus. You're awesome. I just worship you. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. You can tell a lot about a person. Watch them during a worship service. And you say, well, I went to that church and nothing happened. Come back and this time worship. And pay attention to the word. That's worship. Tithing is worship. You said, I knew you'd bring it up. Sure you did. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord said, ambushments against Moab, Mount Seir, and had come against them. And the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Moab to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. The enemy began killing each other. Wow. You, now, you, now, I'm going to close with this. You want to drive the devil completely nuts? When he's giving you a bad day, you go, glory to God, praise the name of Jesus. Jesus is Lord, glory be to God. And it's so easy, anybody could do it. 8.17, I went two minutes over. I'm so sorry. Say amen. amen. Now, this is pretty simple, isn't it? Humble yourself. Fellowship with God. Worship God. I mean, even... Frank could get this. I have to pick on somebody. You're the only one in here tough-skinned enough for me to pick on. The rest of them, I'm warning them out. Go home tonight and spend time with God. Before you go to bed, just go in there and go, Father, I heard it. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for what you did. You're so good to me. Just worship God, pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit. And let Him start working in your life. He will. Pull His, pull his face up to yours and just kiss Him. <laughs> Father God, thank You for tonight. It's one of the greatest joys in my life to walk in this church with hungry people. And teach them Your truth. This is so simple. Stuff You've taught me in my life. You have never failed me. You have never failed me. And oh, I've been through some stuff. You were always there. And I just went back 
to the stuff you taught me and found myself singing and worshiping at the weirdest times. Just sing a song. Like Paul, they prayed and sang. In jail, beat, but they sang. Sometimes I think we complicate it. We're trying so hard to find that magic button. It's not a button. It's a person. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice walks out of here tonight with the Spirit of God and going, we can do this. We can do this. We can get our prayers answered. We can get impossible prayers answered. And we're going to have to learn some things. We're going to have to be humble at the fellowship and worship. And we will do it. And everybody say, we will do this. We're a doer, not a hearer only. In Jesus' name. Now, Robert, can I, I'm going to embarrass you for a minute. Sometimes you see Robert, he's got these little red earphones in his ears. He always listens to praise and worship music. I'm proud of him for that. Because y'all see him going, I worked with him a couple of days, and he'll be heading down the road, and he's got worship in his ears going down the road. He's just, you know, I'm sitting over there next to him. He don't even know I'm in the truck. He's over there with Jesus. He's over there. And I'm thinking, that's the key to God blessing him like he is. I mean, he may not be all that deep by, by theological standards, but God sure loves Robert. He, he kind of is one of these people that gets in Jesus' face and goes. <laughs> anyway, God bless you. Get out of here. Y'all have a good night. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll see you back here Sunday. Sunday we're having communion. Even though it's not communion Sunday, we will this Sunday. We're going to talk about the blood. We're going to see some healings in this place in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.